another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, a weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am your host and hardcore gamer, Andrew. With me, as always, our experienced gamer who still can't figure it out, Keith. Hello. And my wonderful wife and resident noob, Liz. Yo. <laughs> and today, this week, we had my pick, which is a brand new game to both Game Pass and just a brand new game in general. It is Operencia and the Stolen Sun by Zen Studios, which Keith, I guess, here has uh, found some nice, got a little trivia for us about the studio. So I'm going to pass off to Keith here to give us a little background on the studio. Yeah. So Zen Studios, they're, they're kind of a unique studio. They've actually been around, I guess, close to, well, you know what? Let's, let's do a trivia question out of this. Let's, let's, have, let's play this. <laughs> How long would you say that they have been around, Zen Studios, or how long would you guess? Two weeks. Good guess. Uh, I'd say like 17 years. All right. I'll guess one year. One <laughs> year? Dang, no, it takes longer than me. Yeah. They, just, they just said, you know what? We're going to create video games. We're going to start this game. They're really year. talented. <laughs> so, Andrew? Um, I'm going to say five years. Okay. Better. Uh, but Andrew was much closer. So they were actually Ooh. open in 2000. So they've uh-huh. been around for a long, <laughs> long time. Um, Andrew, you can't, you can't guess on this one, but I guess I'll let you answer when Liz doesn't figure it out. So Wow. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of faith in you. I'll give you some I'm hints. I'm so like, glad you're not rude tonight. <laughs> hey. So aside from Operencia, they've made two other games that were not in the same exact genre, but they've made entirely, I think it's close to 20 plus games that are all the exact same type of game. If you were to guess, Liz, what type of game would you think that is? Fantasy. <laughs> fantasy what? There is some That's fantasy involved. Broad. Okay. I feel like I can't lose with that answer. So I guess I'm I guess I should be more specific. It's basically all the same game over and over again and it's pinball. I didn't set you up well for that one. So so no no points lost, no points awarded. But they've made I think it's like but, but 20 points for creativity. pinball games which is it, incredibly, though, they have some really big contracts, though. I mean, they have a Marvel game, so it's a licensed Marvel pinball game. Mostly, they're, they're kind of an app machine at this point. So they did make some games, some pinball games for the early PlayStation 2 or 3, I think, as well as Xbox 360. Um, but yeah, now they've just been, been churning them out on the app. So I, I have to assume they probably make some decent money on that. Oh, yeah, app games make a ton of money. But aside from that, the other two games they've made, which I think is just kind of interesting, one I already talked about with Andrew, which is, um, it's called Castle Storm, which, how would you describe that game, Andrew? Because it's kind of like a... It's, alright, I really liked it. It's like, kind of, it's a castle builder, 2D slingshot game. Think Angry Birds, but with, you're going against a rival castle. And I actually had a lot of fun with that game. It was actually Games for Gold for the Xbox 360. Yeah. And, yeah, so I downloaded it, and I actually I really liked it. It's, it's actually on Game Pass as well. And they it's also an Apple editor's choice. So very highly recommended on the iPad or iPhones, I suppose. But Oh, I didn't know it was a mobile game. 
Yeah, they, they've pretty much expanded it out to everything. It was on Wii U, Switch, Xbox 360. It's basically everywhere now. Um, but they also made one other game, and it's a first-person shooter based on a movie. So Ooh. Uh, I'll give you a hint. The year was 2009. And I, when the for the movie or the game? Yeah, and I'm gonna apologize if this is a bad hint, but I believe you did answer. You just said yeah. Oh, the movie or the game was released in 2009. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, the game was okay. For what what year was the movie? Uh, for, it's come out multiple times, so there may have been, time. and I don't know well enough, and I don't have it up in front of me to know, but I assume one came out around that time, and this may be a bad hint, but I believe, I believe there's a comic book for the movie or it's from a comic book series like the king oh i was gonna say the kingsman that's not bad no uh, First person i think i've played it i have no idea i'm just guessing movies that i've seen that <laughs> <laughs> have a shooter i'm gonna um, guess who's king. the actor uh, gosh i mean again i don't know these things <laughs> all right do you think it was a comic i'm gonna have to go with 007. Isn't that early? Too bad. I'm taking it, Liz. (laughs) 007 was not a comic book. Um, No, it was The Punisher. And I said that before that. (laughs) that. Oh, yes. I think I actually do remember that game. Oh, yeah. I think I do remember that one. I think it was like super violent, too. The Punisher, No Mercy. The title kind of looks like Doom, but it ran on Unreal 3. Yeah. So yeah, that was released in July game. of 2009, but that was on PlayStation, so, I don't know, kind of interesting. But last but not least is where they're from, because it is fairly unique. I don't think a lot of game studios come from, and actually it has a lot to do with this game. So, so me and Liz were debating about this because of the names of the characters, we were kind of thinking like maybe they're like Russian, a Russian studio. I was thinking like Polish, I don't know. I'm really bad with dialects. So you said it's kind of based on the game. Yes. So I'm going to go with Norway. Because it feels like a lot of this is kind of like Norse. Okay. Liz? What about you, Liz? I hope you say it's making sense. But I'm not going to copy you like you copied me. I'm going to (laughs) say Poland. (laughs) So I believe Liz is closer. I don't have a map up in front of me, and I am terrible with geography as well. But it's something that you <laughs> oh, are dear. all the time, Andrew, and that is Hungary. So oh. they are based out of Hungary. So that huh. explains, and we can get into this a little more, but the main character, Attila, that would be Attila the Hun, based oh, yeah. out of Hungary. Um, and honestly, so I started digging into it. It's really kind of interesting there's a lot of hungarian lore just buried throughout this game so just thought that was kind of interesting and i was very close yeah you were yeah ah, all right so this game this studio has had quite a diverse history then like this is definitely a new type of style of game for them so i guess to get to the synopsis of this game this game is a first person turn-based role-playing game that takes place, yeah, I guess, kind of like a medieval, medieval era. I mean, it's a fantasy game, so it's kind of like medieval era. The synopsis of the game is that you're a character. You can either be a mage, a warrior, or a archer. And you just have this dream where you see a stag go to these 13 locations and then return home. And so you decide to wander off your farm and try to find out like what's the deer trying to tell you. 
and you end up meeting some diverse characters and eventually the sun is actually disappears from the sky and you're hired from the kingdom to go and figure out why the sun has disappeared and who stole it and to return it back to the sky so you go on this fantasy adventure to kind of find out the sun and overall i i enjoyed this story it's it's nothing too great but it worked really well i thought the writing in this game was really fantastic i absolutely love the characters banter i loved the cutscenes were kind of like a, a pop-up book where it like actually kind of told it had like different layers to it and like some of it was animated and some of it wasn't so i thought the kind of the cutscenes of it were actually really interesting i thought it worked really well with this game what did you guys think of the story uh, so I personally thought it was amazing. So when I first started the game, I was a little underwhelmed, I guess. I had watched the trailer for it, so it came out March 29th was the date that this game was released, which I think kind of important to note. It was released exclusively on Xbox Game Pass, just for what it's worth. Fun fact that I also mentioned to you, it was supposed to come out on Steam, but after meeting with Microsoft, they decided to go with xbox and release it out for that so it's also cross play for pc but yeah i had watched the trailer for it the day they announced it and i thought it looked really cool like you said fantasy games colorful things bright lights you got me you, you know that <laughs> uh the trailer the trailer for me it didn't explain much it didn't no but but like i said it you know you're seeing just all these you know glowing crystals and dragons and ogres and yep Okay, cool. Sign me up. So I was in, and I, it's been so long since I've played a turn-based RPG that I thought this is probably going to be awesome. But, yeah, I don't know. So I, when I first started, anyways, I thought that the writing or the, the dialogue was a little cheesy, but the more and more I played this game, I fell in love with it. And like I said, once I found out a lot of what it's based on, it really just got better for me. I like that at the beginning, I mean, they did have the story, but they didn't go too much into it. You learn more as you go along. You learn more of the character's history. And I think I've played a turn-based game like this before. You haven't. You've maybe put five minutes into a turn-based game. I've had you try before. Yeah, so I was watching Andrew play it before I was playing it, and I was like, ugh, this looks like garbage. Like, you're not even really fighting. And then, of course, like, I got seriously addicted to this game. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to just, uh, you know, I'll, let me go a little bit further in this dungeon. I, I think I'm near the end. Let me keep playing. And when you find a new area, you can't just, like, stop and not explore it, you know? No, you gotta, you gotta at least check it out. Because it's got, so there's actually 13 unique different worlds in it. So it's very, and they are all unique. I think maybe some have a little bit of crossover feel, but all in all different areas i don't know i thought they did a great job actually building it out yeah for me the gameplay really kind of hooked me pretty quick so when i was a very young kid the thing i really loved was doing puzzles and mazes i always was a big fan of like just doing mazes like the typical like drawing a line through a maze and that's exactly what this game is in both things it's both mazes and it's puzzles so for me it was kind of right up my alley i generally enjoy turn-based rpg games but for me, I think that was the one of the weakest elements of the game is the actual combat. It worked well, but it just there wasn't anything too unique or special about it. It it was a lot of just basic, you know, percentage like oh, it may hit, it may not, <clears throat> which is very common for turn-based games. But it didn't do anything unique or any have any kind of special hooks. Like there wasn't like any sort of combos that some characters play off well with another type of character. Like some characters, I saw like one or two skills that had the ability to kind of be comboed. But there just wasn't much. 
So there wasn't, I didn't think, too much in-depth strategy with kind of your party layout or kind of equipment set or how you're building your characters. So I thought the combat was just pretty bare bones, but it, it worked well. But I thought the ex dungeon exploring and the puzzles were really good. I thought those were top-notch in this game. I would kind of agree because whenever I got to like the potion riddles, I would get really excited. Oh, I love the potions. But with the combat, I didn't really get too excited. I will say I was the, um, I picked the warrior and I loved the moves that she had. So I was like always trying to level up her energy because she had the best moves. But I thought it was interesting because I was talking to Andrew about the, the combat part and the characters that he hated worked best for me. And I don't know if it's because I had the warrior or it's how I equipped them. Um, and then he... I mean, yeah, so we were opposite with the, with the characters and their abilities and what we liked and didn't like. Yeah, I did the archer, so I didn't care for Yoska. Uh, that makes sense. See, I and see, I went with a mage, so my favorite character, hands down, and I think Andrew mentioned that you didn't like him too much, was Meze, who was one of the, uh, the knight in the game. So for me, he was just a tank. And I did I, learn I did to appreciate him. Because later on, I mean, my character, the warrior... She was just like the hammer. She was the one that did the most damage. Yoska, uh, came from his name. Yoshka. Yoshka. It's like it's like Yoshi Yoshka. with a K A instead of an I. Yoshka. Okay, I apologize if I butcher it throughout this because I have no memory whatsoever. But <laughs> Yoshka, I thought he did damage over multiple turns, which I really liked. Meze. Um, he was really good for helping with the health of the other characters and building them up strength wise. So I didn't really use his actual like physical moves and then sebastian i mean he was always my first to die his health is like really limited so with him if i wanted to test out the new characters i would swap sebastian because when i did it with meze i learned real quick how useful he actually was and i'd immediately go back to like the um the campfire and switch him out with sebastian yeah i was putting together notes and and i put for myself meze is a beast and i put that in all capitals he he tanked. He's a weak beast, but he's helpful. He is. I, I told Andrew, I got into one of the fights that my whole entire team died within about one hit, and it was just some giant elite golem with about 250 health, and it took about 20 minutes, but he and Mize just sat there and punched each other for for all of eternity <laughs> for, you know, four damage at a time. It was super exciting. So... In that regard, yeah, the, that was definitely my least favorite. And you were talking about it too, Andrew, is the dialogue in this game is amazing. But in combat, it's always the same lines. Unless there's an actual dialogue cutscene, I, I think about a hundred times, oh, that's a shame. I didn't get his name. I get it. <laughs> yeah, we killed another one. Cool. That's actually what I think is funny, because one of the dialogues was like, oh, I wish I could do more than take life. <laughs> was it's like you're not killing these innocent people. You're fighting like demons and zombies. It's like, I don't get I don't get why the line is so remorseful that you're killing these things. It's like, you want it to live? I didn't really pay attention to what they were saying during combat, to be honest. I did like the banter. And something that I talked to Andrew about a little bit, um, I forget what the woman's name is that was responsible for her wife's... Kayla. Mela? Kayla. Yeah. She, I thought it was really interesting that they didn't make her a, a good guy. I mean, she was trying to do the right thing, but she did something terrible. And Sebastian was like, I would shoot you right now if I didn't need you. And I was like, oh, snap. So they always have this, like, cute, flirty banter, especially with um, Ayoshka and... And everyone? I'm terrified I'm going to pronounce that Yoshka wrong. and, and then, everyone. So, 
Yoshka. And then they had, like, he was always, uh, like, having, like, cute banter or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, Sebastian is mad. And I was like, oh, snap. So to kind of go off, like, what you're struggling with right now, Liz, one, another, like, kind of minor complaint I have with this game, I guess it explains, too, since the studio is from Hungary, but, I mean, this is also a big issue I have with some fantasy games, is the names of, like, people and places. To me, I feel like they just get a bag of Scrabble letters, and they just <laughs> grab letters and go, ah, here's a name. And, and like, that's what I felt like this game kind of did a little bit, too. But maybe those are common names in, in Hungary, though. It, it's possible. But, I mean, like, with a lot of fantasy games, there's a lot of Zs and Ys and Js. And in this, yeah, there's a lot of letters that you don't pronounce. So it's just, it's very confusing. There's tons of accents over the letters. But I think it's all, I, I not to say that I speak the language by any means, but I do think a lot of it has to do with them being from Hungary. So if you try to Google Operencia, first of all, you're basically going to find nothing other than a few articles on this game. Or if you Google Operencia Wikipedia, there is a page that's in Hungarian and if you do a Google Translate for it, for me, it only did about half the page, but Operencia translates into far, far away, and that's all it is. So it's just, this game is sort of a compilation, I think, of all different Hungarian fairy tales, to be honest. Or it's supposed to take place in space. No, because a lot of the places in this game are actually places that are in Hungary in nearby places. Deva Fortress is a real place. Belvanyos is a real place in Hungary. These aren't things that they made up. So, again, going into it, some of the really interesting things I found out. So, Kayla, she killed Anna, right? Spoiler alert, sorry. But that's an actual actual fairy tale of some sort about a group of masons that were trying to build a castle. It wouldn't build. So, they decided to sacrifice a wife based on that thing. And that, like, through dark magic, that's a real fairy tale basically oh well that's actually good to know most of what this game is a i think is a compilation of those stories not all necessarily like i don't think in they all took place in the same world in theory but they put them together is what this is they said hey we're just going to give you hungarian far far away enjoy and that's why i started to fall so in love with this game because now we're actually talking about like not just some made-up jumbled mess that someone put together I will say, like, all these facts are really interesting, but I just thought it was, like, so frustrating because it is a newer game, and I totally understand it. I, sometimes I I look up little cheats, you know? I get stuck, and so it was impossible to Google answers for things. I mean, there was one part that I was really stuck on, and I had to go through a bunch of walkthroughs just to, like, look for this one thing that I need to figure out because... I would Google it and nothing would come up for, for the game for like little cheats and stuff. So that I just, that's why I find it so interesting that you have all these amazing facts about the game, but people playing it aren't like putting information out very quickly about like little tricks and stuff. Well, the nice thing that we learned out, learned is that they are very active on their Twitter and they actually asked, offered us some help <laughs> for some puzzles if you ever... If you get stuck on, you could probably ask them. I'm sure they can give you little hints. I get so excited to move forward that sometimes... You've been doing well, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I figure the, a lot of stuff out by myself. But sometimes, like, I just miss something stupid. And so I want to get to the next area, though, because I'm so excited. So I just, like, oh, I'm just going to look it up real quick. Like, I, I can't wait. And then this time I couldn't. So I had to actually, like, put in extra effort. 
I, I'm with you because I'm just as lazy. So it, the way I found all of these things is exactly because I was trying to do that, is I was just trying to <laughs> dig everything I could. And so then I just started finding out about the studio, and then, then I started doing extra research, I guess. But yeah, it, it was only triggered because I was just trying so hard to find things. But yeah, I, I think they're fantastic. I think the potions, they're like Sudoku puzzles built into it. Yeah, that's a good description, those puzzles of the uh, potions. I wish there was more of them. Whoever came up with those potions, puzzles. Yeah, I didn't want to look up those. I wanted to figure that out by myself. Those were so much fun. And um, I think what I was talking to you, Andrew, about the locations. And I thought I remember you saying that you weren't too impressed. But I was watching you play earlier today. And the dungeon scenes in the castles, like all the colors, like the moss on the stone and stuff. I really liked the locations and the art style. When I mean, you're talking about the pop-up book thing where, like, in between scenes and stuff, and um, I obviously that was amazing, but even just, like, going about the castles and stuff, I thought it was really detailed and, and fun. See, I found the environments kind of bland and lifeless. I liked it. They, they at least had a unique image to all of them that you couldn't confuse what castle you are in because it's not, like, the same generic walls. Like, every castle kind of had unique features to it that makes it easy to identify. But, like, actually walking through the castle, these castles were supposed to, like, just recently have been lived in, and they're just empty. There's, like, no bookcases. There's, like, very few chairs. Like, it just doesn't look like a place where people were just recently populated in. So that's just kind of my only kind of complaint. I get a little bit, I get a little understanding about why they might have done it, because you're walking, the way you walk is very reminiscent of old school RPGs, where you had to type north, east, south, west, and your character just moved tile by tile. So that's how you move in this game, it's just by tile by tile. So obviously if you have a lot of chairs and stuff, it's probably more difficult to navigate this world. But, I don't know, to me it just it looked very lifeless. I also, this is slightly off topic, but in the Tomb of Reka, however you pronounce her name, I was so irritated when I found out you could walk through walls. And I was like, where did this come from? Yeah. Like, and it happened because I was looking at a, um, a walkthrough because I ran out of places to go. It turns out I was supposed to walk through a wall. And I was like, what have I been missing? Is it just this one area that we've been able to walk through walls? Is it like the castles too? And after that, I started looking at the walls. And you could kind of tell like where you could actually go through. But I was so irritated with myself, too, that I wasn't really, like, checking different things like yeah. that. I, I stumbled on my accident. To. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I did the same as There well. was no indicator, and I thought that was really weird. Yeah, simple character banter I thought would have been an easy solution to that problem. Well, they do... There are certain parts that they, it'll do that for you, where they'll... Like, yeah, the which I'm surprised they didn't do it there. But, yeah, they don't do it in all of them. I think it, it, what's odd about it is things like that one... I think they they do the banter after you do it. So then it's like, oh, yeah, maybe we should look for these everywhere. So at least it gives you like a little indicator that it was your first one, at least when I did it in the castle, um, the Lake of Anna. But otherwise, yeah, I don't know. It's nice when they tell you that you can't do something, too. Um, which is also very frustrating. I mentioned this before in other episodes that I hate leaving places unfinished. And so there is, in the Tomb of Rekha, an example is you have to find two of the skulls to put in the coffin. And because you couldn't go through the hole in the wall in one area of the tomb, I'm assuming it's in there somewhere. 
But there were certain things that you couldn't do before you left. And I'm assuming you're supposed to go back. Um, unless I'm doing it wrong. But I just find it very frustrating when you can't complete an area. Like the OCD in me is like, no, I can't leave. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't care for that aspect in this game either. Because to me, it didn't feel like, oh, it was a puzzle I missed. It was essentially basically you progress through the game to get a key to go back and open that door. And I, I don't like that aspect. Because for me, it's like I do remember a lot of these parts of dungeons that I'm like, oh, I need a clearly an ability to do this part. I'll just come back here and do it when I can. And it was just kind of more like frustrating to have to go through loading screens just to go back with the key, like symbolistic key to open that door. I'm too impatient for those loading screens. That's something that I was complaining to Andrew about. And he's like, it's not that bad. And I'm like, I know. It's just like, it feels like an eternity. Uh, so loading yeah, I was that bad. yeah I, I definitely know what you're talking about there as far as... There wasn't a lot of reward in going back to him. There was a few I feel like gave you a little bit more like having those extra keys would open rooms that had new puzzles. But all in all, the majority of them, you're right. It was just, okay, now you can go back and fight this person that you couldn't fight before, get a couple extra items. Yeah, it would have been nice if it was just like a legitimate secret you could find. And hey, because of your diligence of searching this place, here's a piece of equipment that'll make you actually significantly better in like the next couple of handful of paddles. But instead it's just like, oh, I'm going back to get this piece of equipment that is gonna be basically equivalent to where I am in combat now. So yeah, yeah that kind of frustrated me. And I remember we kind of mentioned this, Keith, but it's I thought it was a weird design where you would enter through an invisible wall and it says, secret found, but it's a place you have to go. So it's like, I don't get how that qualifies as a secret because that's where I have to go. Like, to me, I always consider a secret like, you know, one of the, like the old school first person shooters where you're opening a wall that's actually a door, but it just looks like a generic wall, like a legitimate secret. It was, and it would have actually really good treasures or a secret gun that help you in combat. In this game, it was just like, oh, you found a secret, but it was where you were supposed to go. I also thought it was frustrating. It was so easy to miss things. Like, um, there was... I mean, I, I definitely didn't utilize the map as much as I should have. But, like, I walked by the chain... One of the chain links that you need, like, 50 times looking for it. And my <laughs> it cursor map, went... <laughs> I know, that's what I just said. I said I clearly wasn't us- utilizing my map. And the thing is, I was looking at my map looking for it. But then I was like, maybe it doesn't show it unless you actually discover it. Like, it just shows you where you found it. But I, that was the only part of where I was, that, that one section of map that I didn't look at. And because I remember like going through them whenever I went to like a new location. And it's the same with like something will be on the ground and I'll walk by it like 50 times and I'm like looking for it. And then I'll be like, oh, I just had it like just like <laughs> tiniest little millimeter above it. And that's why it didn't show up. You didn't walk that one square. I'm just, I'm so unobservant that it's like, it's hard for someone like myself. <laughs> See, but I I did kind of like that. See, for me, because I'm like you in that regards, but having the ability to see the map and and having it as a grid layout, I felt it easier to actually, yeah, like having the ability to have it as a grid, which if you're one of those people who plays it with the grid your own map thing, my gosh. Yeah, that's actually an interesting thing we actually bring up real quick, Keith. So this game doesn't have a typical difficulty setting of easy, medium, hard. It has three components where you can play either normal or hard on. So one, it gives you combat where it's like, oh, do you want to play normal? Where it's like, oh, you have, you know, a basic chance of like hitting people. Or you can play on hard where it's like you're going to miss a lot 
And if you die, it's permadeath. Then you have one for exploration, and then you have one, I think, for the puzzles. Or no, it was for resting. It was for the campsites. That yes, like that's getting right. getting wood was a lot harder. Yeah, in order to say you, the only time you could fully hear your group is if you run to a campsite, and if you have wood, you can create a fire, and that fully heals your party. But yeah, if you play on a harder difficulty, wood's a lot harder to come by. And then yeah, there's a, one where it doesn't create a map for you. So you're literally, these dungeons are just giant mazes. So unless you have really good photographic memory, you could have a hard time remembering. Yeah, as Liz saying, she walked by a chain and if she didn't have that map, <laughs> good luck to you. Well, I think part of the idea of that too is if you're playing on one of those modes, like you're, you're plotting it out on maybe like an Excel chart or something like that. That's a lot of work. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. And, and that's the thing. We, we can get into that later, I guess. But that is like one of the achievements is to beat it with one of like two of the modes. Yeah, two of the three. So, you basically have to have that one on, I think. So that's that's very difficult considering how hard it is. I I one of my other kind of complaints actually about this game, other than the combat being a little bland, is the cursor for look looking at things is so hypersensitive. If you don't look at something just right, it doesn't seem to like give you the option to pick it up or whatever. Did you notice that? I agree with that, but at least with this game since you're walking around on a grid and everything is turn-based, at least didn't it doesn't affect the gameplay. So it's not like, oh crap, I didn't grab that fast enough and I died. Like the boss got me or whatever and killed me. So it was a little sensitive, but it, it didn't at least ruin the gameplay for me. But sometimes you would have to like back up and then go forward again in order to actually hover on it. So like for me, like being new to like moving like that in video games, I had to sometimes like finagle it like that. But I think that's just my own experience. But also with the movement, in the first castle, they have like these like holes in the floor and you can fall through and injure yourself. And which I accidentally did because I was like just testing. I'm like, oh, will I actually fall through? And then throughout the game, whenever I went towards like an edge and I wasn't paying attention, I was just moving it because it always stops you in like the rest of the game that, that I've played so far. It would still make my heart jump when I noticed that I was going towards it. So like, the, like whenever I was going towards like an edge or whatever, I was always paying attention because I was so nervous I was gonna fall, even though I knew I wouldn't. But it was like a little roller coaster, like, uh, like heart jump. Yeah, it is only like a weird. There's like that place and maybe two other places. I think I noticed that you can actually fall. Oh, there's like, there's a couple. Else. But I mean, I'm glad. Like, if it, they had you fall off a cliff and you just died and lost there, oh, that'd be frustrating. No, for the amount of times that I was just moved to the wrong square by accident, I, I'm very glad I couldn't fall off easily. Yeah, which always kind of surprised me for the option of permadeath. I mean, whoever plays this game with that option on, so basically if you die, it's just game over. Well, and my question is this. Is it crazy. only if you get knocked out? Is that what it is? From what or I was is reading it? is that it doesn't load you. If your party dies, you're done. The game's over. Because in all fairness, aside from I was telling you I, I was messing around with that forest troll for longer than I should have, I think I've been knocked out in a fight maybe less than a handful of times. So as long as it's not a, it's only talking about a full knockout, I think it's doable if you're super careful. Yes. Well, I know it's doable or they wouldn't make it an achievement, <laughs> but if, you know what I mean. It's actually not that difficult, I guess. Yeah, if you played through this game, you kind of know what to expect when a boss is coming, and I think you could be more prepared for it. It will that, and even if it's just little tips and tricks, like we were talking about, I mean, it, you picked it up a little quicker than I did, but, you know, the fact that 
resting during a battle got your energy back like that's a nice little thing especially if you've got someone who can do a heal like meze or yoshka I, I think it'd be doable but i don't see myself going back and doing it i always get nervous when we play a game and i like the characters because i love the characters in this because whenever it comes to video games they always kill off the best characters and so that's why with this game i'm like i'm, I'm gonna keep playing it because i love it but i'm also like really nervous because i mean even with like tomb raider like i found out that the only decent character in the entire game died and i was like so upset about it so now i'm like ugh, like i just i like them all except for like the girl that like killed her wife <laughs> I think I purposely like I keep like purposely forgetting her name. I was like, oh that that wife killer. Like, <laughs> so you know what's really interesting. Again, this is something that I loved about not just the even the dialogue of or the voice acting in this game, but even the way that it was written. So it wasn't like a subtitle option. It was just the way that they presented it. And I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but in when you have that interaction with Anna and Kayla. When it when Anna refers to Kayla as my love, it puts it in quotes. But when Kayla says it, it doesn't put quotes around it. Huh. I didn't notice that. Yeah, like, it, I found it super interesting because it was like, at this point, obviously, she was murdered. Like, she doesn't believe it. So she's like, yeah, my love. Hey, it's nice to see you. And then Kayla's like, no, I, I really do. I just really screwed up in the worst way possible. Clearly. <laughs> What did you guys think, too, about, like, the different bad guys throughout the... Because I thought it was... There was a lot of different creatures and, and bosses, and I thought they did a good job with that. I mean, they had the spiders that could, like, take energy from each other and the rocks. Um, There's characters that could, like, just have rock guys come up when you think you're, like, you're doing well, and you're like, ugh, another guy to fight. So I thought, like, that was that was kind of nice. Yeah, I thought they did a good j- job design with them. Yeah, I think, well, I think there's something like 50 different unique enemies, they say. I don't know if that includes bosses and everything, too. I feel like it might, but I agree. I thought they were, as a whole, really cool. I mean, you even start to fight robots. There's just, they they really branch out in this game, so it's really cool. Well, for me, like, kind of a little bit of, like, like going with my complaint with the combat. So, kind of the first enemies you fight are skeletons, and it, like, says, like, they're, they're immune to a lot of things, but they're specifically weak to fire. But since I didn't pick a mage character, and you also only have Yasuka in your party, he doesn't have any fire spells. So I literally had nothing to do in order to counter and, like, take advantage of their weakness. So that's the thing that kind of frustrated me a little bit with this game is with the combat where it's like, oh, yeah, this character is weak to this and that, but it's just like, it's not available to me. I I can understand maybe halfway through the game where I actually have a full party with different unique abilities. I can cater my party style to these kind of weaknesses, but it's just like at the beginning, it was very much just like, well, I'm just going to keep bashing melee and hopefully I can just kill him quicker than usual. But overall, I like the designs of the characters. I thought with each world you kind of went to, though, so, like, it's, like, first world, it's just, like, skeletons. Like, second world, you got bugs. No, skeleton, or not just skeletons. Oh, it's the frog frog people. That's right. Yeah, you had frog people. That was pretty cool. But you had the character, but they always had the three archetype that, like, you basically start with. So it's like, oh, you're fighting frog people. Well, there's a warrior frog person, a mage frog person, and a rogue frog person. And then it's, like, same with the skeletons. There's the magic skeleton there's the warrior skeleton and there's the rogue skeleton and it kind of kept doing that with all the other like characters from the other like levels you went to my biggest complaint like the characters i hated the most were the flaming zombies on what the like third castle where you meet kayla oh those things were noxious the ones where they kept spawning 
Ah, it was so frustrating because sometimes they would kill themselves and you have to kill them all at once because if you don't, they just come back to life. They didn't do a lot of damage, but those fights ended up taking forever because some of them would just kill themselves attacking me. Like, one of my characters would counter him and kill him, and then it's like, oh, now he's spawned up again. Now I gotta try to whittle him down again. Oh, those fights were frustrating. I had one bad fight with those, but you alluded to I had the opposite. I had the mage. So from the very beginning, the early fights were still kind of annoying because your fire spells still just didn't do enough to really take out those skeletons. But as it gets later on, between Yoshka, my character, aptly named Coco Piff, R.I.P. My my old friend from a while, <laughs> and uh, who is a shaman too, so it all oh, works yeah. out. Uh, and then I also had a nice AOE from Sebastian, and all three of them would pretty much knock out a team, and especially on those fire guys. I had an ice spell on my ca- on my main character that just destroyed him. Combat definitely got more like varied and unique and interesting as the game went on. Actually, if you had more potions to play with and more characters to play with. Also, you could customize like your your new abilities. So whenever you leveled up, you could add more strength, or you could change out your your weapons and stuff too. Yeah, and I found that that actually really helped a lot. And it was nice they added an optimize all button for the equipment. So instead of trying to figure out and fiddle with a lot of the weapons and stuff and armor with your characters, you just hit one button and auto equips. It's like, oh, that's pretty nice. Which I kind of yeah. wish they added that option for the leveling up attribute points. I that actually would be a really nice feature because I just. In any game like this, as much as I love games like this, I never know what to do. I'm like, yeah. well, that one's clearly my main skill, so I guess always put at least one point into that, and then the two other places, I don't know. And it's always just a crapshoot. And that's also where I feel like they don't matter that much, because if it mattered that much, I don't know, you could screw it up more. No, I mean, I've noticed I noticed a significant change. Like, with my character, I've literally been putting majority of my points as an agility. And so she's really good at damage, and she has good evasion. But yeah, if she gets hit once, she does not have many hit points. So yeah. she goes down with, like, three hits. My main character, she is really strong. Her abilities are amazing. Um, she packs a punch, and so I always try to give her a lot more energy. And so she can do more of her special abilities, because she's my strongest player. So... I found like, but then I also feel like I should put more into other things. So I'll just randomly be like, oh, put some into intellect, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like I do, I do give her like energy every single time, but then I'm like, oh, this one's like really low. I'll put one in there. I don't know if it's important, but. <laughs> My weird ADD brain, if I've got certain things and I'm looking, I got one skill and something's at 24. All right. We'll put that one to 25. That feels <laughs> like a nice round number. <laughs> Like I do that, but then again, but it's weird because then the next level, I'll justify that rounding it up to 22 instead of 21 because it's an even number. That works too. So I really don't have any rhyme or reason to it. I just do it. You like certain numbers. <laughs> but I do. I guess. I do really like the simplicity of the RPG elements in this game. Like there's not 20 different attributes you're putting points in. It's just like the basic five. Yeah. And it, it was very well, nicely displayed as to what is improving when you put a point in it. It's when you're like, oh, what does strength do for this character? It clearly shows arrows. Oh, if you put a point in strength in this, you're going to get 0.5% to your defense and blah, 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 blah. So it actually made it super simple, which is great for someone like you, Liz, who has never played these games. So I think it made it very accessible for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, to your point, too, they made like 30 different variables to what they would upgrade. But like you said, it was very clearly marked as to what you were upgrading when you did it. And then they just simplified it down to percentages. So it was 
it's just easy to read. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, it just I think it would have been nice to at least have like an auto optimize for the skill points, or like game I always liked, um, Knights of the Old Republic, which was a Star Wars turn based game. Uh, they had an option where it would auto level up your allies. But you could actually, but I would turn off the auto level up for my main character. So I liked kind of having free reign of just my main character and like just let the other characters do their own thing. And I think it would have been nice for a game like this if they did something like that too. Even with like kind of the skills. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that dynamic in other games too. But I know what you mean. That's a, that's a cool feature when you have that. Yeah, because sometimes you just want to be lazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, lazy. no, obviously. <laughs> well, and it could have even been like a different difficulty setting. Where it could have been like the normal mode was you just pick the skills when you upgrade, and then the difficult mode is when you have to do the attributes as well as the skills. Yeah. You know, for people like me who want to feel like they actually played something on hard mode and is willing to do something, <laughs> like, I can do a few attribute points. I was going to say, kind of off topic, but I really wanted to bring up the music in this game. Because it's something that I'm finally. Well, I'm finally starting to notice the music and, and different noise effects and there's something i gotta i gotta complain about real quick so i thought the music was good it changed a lot but the feather ability had the most annoying noise effect i don't know what it was and i mentioned it to andrew and he was like i think you're just being sensitive about it but it just grinded my gears because like your controller would shake but it was like remind me of like i feel like it's like a like a dog would hear that with a dog whistle it like really just got on my nerves. So like I would quickly use my feather ability and then switch it to either the shovel or the hammer because I was like, I cannot listen to this. When you get near a barrel, I don't know what it was. But the music was good. I mean, but like that just that one noise effect. Yeah, I thought the music was good. I mean, I don't think it was anything amazing, but I think it did a really good job depicting a fantasy epic. For me, I had a little bit of complaints with like some of the sounds, which you were kind of talking about when it came to the combat. I don't know if it was a glitch, but when I was fighting the rat people uh, in like the fifth castle, something with a B, it's it's really hard to That's it. But it kept doing like the rats scream. Like once one <laughs> of the rats attacked, it was like this war, rat war cry. And it was like, I think it was a glitch because it was like a sound loop of it just screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming and screaming. And I was like, oh, I had to mute my TV. And not only that, there's wolves howling in the background. And those were also going over and over again. So I have this rat scream and this wolf howl constantly going. And I was just like, oh. But besides that, that was the only real obnoxious noise for me. I didn't mind the feather. I don't know where you heard from that. No, I think think it's purely in my head. I think it's something wrong with me. But yeah, I did, whenever I used it, I ended up eventually just turning down the volume because it irritated me. But like I say, I think that's just like a personal thing, personal preference. No, I, so I think yours was a glitch, Andrew, because I don't remember having that issue. But yeah, I, I was kind of unimpressed with the fight sounds as a whole. I think I mentioned there was a couple of the fight animations that I liked a little bit that were kind of funny. But there was also one that it made me laugh the first time. And I was telling you about this earlier, but it annoyed me later on is there's this robot and you'll fight five of them. And if they all do the same animation, it adds a minute just watching them do that min- animation for literally no reason so (laughs) the so again the fights can be a little bit rough but all in all they're also fairly limited there's so there's a limited number of fights every one game is exactly the same i guess so that's kind of nice to know but yeah big positive for me there was no random encounters you saw the enemies coming at you because that's one thing that's really frustrating with turn-based rpg games 
is that they'll just have random events and nothing's more infuriating when you're trying to figure out a puzzle or trying to do something to progress the story and you just get this random encounter that you don't see and you have no way of avoiding. So this game didn't have any of that, which I really liked. But I do wish enemies would respawn if you visited previous worlds because I would have liked to gone back and maybe done like a couple more fights to level up my characters, to get them stronger, to make like continuing fights easier. Oh, see, I like that they weren't there. I would like just like a couple. I think the thing is, though, that they have it spread out so that you're going to max out your characters by the end of it. And maybe I'm wrong. I think so, because I think, yeah, there's a couple achievements for it, so they must. Like, there there must be enough levels for it. So that's one thing I'm figuring. And I don't know, maybe I'm a little late on this, but the one thing that I did just want to note, I guess, about the music from my personal standpoint is I think that they did a really good job especially considering you spend a lot of time in the same areas of making it more background noise than music if that makes sense yeah because a lot of it would be like you'd be more listening to just like birds chirping in the background when you're in the forest or crickets or things like that and it would be like just like a simple violin at most so that's the one thing i think they did a really good job with the music and there was so much going on that i don't think it was necessary to have amazing music i I like that they focus more on dialogue, story, character, the artwork, all of that. I didn't think the music was as important in this game, so it didn't really bother me. I mean, I really didn't focus on it at all. It just kind of, like you said, it was like background noise. I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, unlike, and and luckily I'm at a safe distance for this one, (laughs) unlike Graveyard Keeper, where I just felt like it started to get grating after a while, I never at least had an issue with it because it just... It was just so in the background that it didn't it didn't get in the way of the game, I guess. It's so weird, the difference between us, because I remember turning down the volume for Ori a couple times. And, like, it's you... Yeah, I know, I know. It's just beautiful. It Absolutely was, but beautiful. I just... I don't know. Well, for you, you, it was for Ori, it was the sound of you dying is what you hated. Yeah, but also it was just, like, a little much sometimes. It's very dramatic. <laughs> but, uh... To talk a little bit about the, I guess now the achievements of this game, um, overall I thought the achievements were pretty good. I think if this is the type of game you like, I think you will get a good amount of these achievements, and I think it's overall pretty good for achievement hunters. Uh, there was a couple, I, there was one I actually thought was pretty funny. One of the levels you beat, uh, during the level you collect fireflies, so you get the achievement of Lord of the Fireflies. So that was a nice reference to the book Lord of the Flies. But overall, the, the achievements, it seems like you get a majority of them just from playing the game. Yeah, I noticed a lot popping up when I was playing. And if I'm getting a lot, I mean, it's got to be pretty easy to get some. <laughs> so I think they are. And maybe I can look them up real quick, too, because I don't have them in front of me. But there are a lot of them are very low score. And they have a lot that are secret achievements, which are some of the the keys that you pick up throughout the course of the game. And you have to go back and use or even... So you're going to carry that copper crown around because I assume you have the copper crown, one of you at least, and you're going to carry that around for a very long time. And that goes back to the very first Lake of Ana. And I think it was like world 10 by the time I finally used that. So there's a lot of that or things that you pick up and you wonder what the heck am I going to use? Something you have to go back to world one for. So those are, I think, a lot of the secret achievements. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of the achievements are just kind of being a completionist with this game, but I don't think it's too hard or too daunting because this game I think goes at a pretty good pace so far I've put 11 hours in the game and I'm probably over halfway through I know you're almost done Keith how many hours do you know what your playtime is at I'm coming up on about 20 but I think I mentioned to I wasted probably about an hour fighting that troll 
way earlier than I should have. Yeah. That's another story. Which which I expect this game is probably about between 25 to 30 hours of probably completing to 100%ing the game, which I think is, is good for an RPG. Because I generally enjoy RPGs, but for me, like they generally are so long, and I just don't have the time for them. Well, like, so a lot of them, and I don't know if you want me to spoil it for you either. Have you gotten the Stinky Boots yet? Have you picked those up? No. <laughs> which is funny, so- because my character, I named Stinky. Oh. oh yeah, you did. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, one one of the items you pick up is stinky boots, and at least where you use them, I'll let you figure it out. But where they get used made me laugh. So, and it and it actually took me a long time to figure out too. For what it's worth, I held on to them and held on to them, and then I was just going through the area that I needed to use them. And went, ah, oh, okay, and I figured it out. So yeah, I really like the humor in this game. Like Yosuke is just the the king of oh, he's dad hilarious. jokes. Yes, he is. So my favorite one is there's an item you pick up it's called the hammer of the iron kneader or something like that and he goes so what's this thing all about anyways and kayla starts to give this whole story about it belonged to this demigod who he was so strong that you know he could he could knead iron with his bare hands the same as a normal person could knead clay and yoshika has some just smart aleck dad response of oh so he didn't just iron for substance and she just pauses and goes stop talking to me <laughs> and it was just it was such good dialogue it would it, it was such bad comedy too but it was cracking me up yeah the panther was top-notch in this game so moving into our final thoughts uh, i guess i'll start here for me i really love this game uh, i know probably some of the stuff it may sound like i was like complaining about but a lot of the stuff i complained about this game i think is just kind of minor so for me, I think this is, this is I think, going to be my sleeper hit of the year. I think this game came out of nowhere and just didn't have much advertisement and just, like, you can't even find many walkthroughs online. But I think this is a game that shouldn't be missed. I, I think this is going to be a really good sleeper hit for this year. I thought the game was a lot of fun. I really, I absolutely love the character banter. I thought it, it, it added a lot of character and development with the your party and I actually it made like the world a lot more enjoyable and it just didn't feel so quiet all the time it, the voice acting was great in it the combat I thought was a little weak but I absolutely love the puzzles I love the exploration yeah so for me I think this game was really good and on a scale from 1 to 100 I would probably give this game probably about an 80 uh, so yeah I'm I'm right on point with you there so wrapping up my my whole point is yeah I it's a little slow to get into but honestly give it some time if you're willing to it's not one of those games that oh I'm gonna sit down and beat this on my day off now it may suck up your whole day off because you'll just get so into it but yeah the, the dialogue is great this is one of the few games i have actually gone through the indexing because we've referenced it a lot the early main characters that you get introduced to yoshka he writes all of the index for you know the story of characters and stuff and they're very entertaining i i actually went back and just would read through a lot of them after they were so there's just a lot of fun things hidden throughout the game that I'm with I, I'm with you on the sleeper hit because again came out of nowhere. It up until about three months ago it wasn't even supposed to be on Xbox and now it is. So yeah, could great get job. for Xbox Game Pass. Yeah, exactly. So if you've got Game Pass, definitely get it. And yeah, I would I would be with you. I think I'd go 85 though if I were to score. So this is my first turn-based RPG. So. I have very limited knowledge of other ones, so um, I guess my opinions would be a little biased, but I would rate this a little higher. I was talking to Andrew about my scoring, and I 
tend to be like an extreme person if I like something. If I like something, it's like, oh, I like I, this one. I think I'm gonna have to give it like a 95 because of how much enjoyment I got out of it. She liked it more than Graveyard Keeper. A little bit because it really surprised me. I really thought I was gonna hate it. And I think for this type of game, I can't imagine it really getting any better. The character banter, like I, I really appreciated that. And I just, I mean, my biggest complaint of the whole game was a feather noise. Like that's like, <laughs> so I just, yeah. So I do wanna apologize for if my scoring is a little confusing. It's just like, I don't usually wanna keep playing a game. And I feel like this and Graveyard Keeper, whenever we have a new game that we have to play, I'm like, oh man, want to keep playing this game so i just got i i'm 95 out of 100 like that's the enjoyment i got from this game and the effort that they put in 95 yeah i was surprised because it was hard for you to start this game because like you were like oh yeah i'm still going through the tutorial like when you're still playing as the king and like you finish that area and you're like I'll, I'll, i'll get to it and then like once you started playing it you just fell in love with that game well, I, I know I saw her playing Graveyard Keeper and I was like, oh, great. <laughs> She's not even going to play this game. She's going to be like, guys, did you know how good Graveyard Keeper is? It's a great game. Well, you guys were closer to the, the meta score, 83, the user score, 7.6. So, I mean, so yeah, we're, we're all pretty close to kind of the uh, general consensus of people playing this game. So currently right now on the Xbox store, it's $30 for full retail. Would you guys recommend this price to a friend who doesn't have Game Pass? I guess I'll go first because this is my game. I would say definitely yes. I If you are a fan of turn-based strategies, I do understand people who don't like this kind of turn-based strategy games. I, I kind of get it, but for me, I think this game does a fantastic job with it, like everything else, and I would highly recommend this game. I think this game's worth its $30 price tag. I would definitely pay $30. I think it's worth 60 I would recommend it for that price. I think it's that good. You love that $60 price tag. <laughs> I'm just saying what it's I, worth. I think it, I think, and especially because I'm, I, I think like 10, 10 to 10 and a half hours into it. And I'm not even as far as Andrew. I have a, I still have a long way to go. So I'm getting bang for my buck with this game. It's going to take me a long time. No. And that, and that is true. So, so to your point, and Andrew makes this a lot is the dollar per hour and all that. And you can decide what works for you on dollars per hour. But all in, yeah, I, I'm very happy with $30. I would definitely say, like, go buy it at $30. It's a steal. But, I, <laughs> but no, honestly, I, I, I can't stress this enough, and I think we overlook it a lot, and you guys laugh at my pricing. Is We're talking <laughs> about Game Pass, $9 a month, and you have all of these games available. So while I'm not always in for paying full price, get Game Pass, people. What are you doing? If, yeah. if you are listening to us and you don't have Game Pass, what are you You could be playing doing? this game right now and you're not paying $30. Also, if you're listening and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? <laughs> all right. Well, it sounds like we all generally are kind of in the same boat. We both we all really like this game. This game really kind of surprised us and it came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Definitely play this game. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you for all, all of you who are taking the time to listen to us. Um, if you are enjoying this, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening on this fine podcast because we are on all the players. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at GPGBPod. We are also at Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag. Please write a review on iTunes. It helps us get us some more exposure. Uh, if you want to contact us personally and tell us you know, what you like, what we can improve, what you don't like, we are at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com. 
I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can you can follow me at Twitter at anmilton01952, or you can follow me on Xbox at Firebird01844, where I also will be streaming uh, with the same username on Mixer. I normally will be streaming uh, games that we're reviewing, or I've been playing a lot of Tom Clancy's The Division, which is also a lot of fun, and Apex Legends. Uh, and I've been your resident Keith. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You're the uh, resident Keith. <laughs> I'm also on the Twitter. Uh, you can reach me there, I guess, at Keith Lynch one twenty one or one two one, I should say. Um, also on Xbox at Lil Fluffy, and streaming on Mixer the same. Basically, I just play with Andrew a lot, so I'm also on the Division a lot. If you're into that, Apex also on there, and whatever we're playing. So come ha- come hang out. Yeah, do that. <laughs> And I'm Liz the Noob. Uh, gamer tag is come on I'm Dean. I don't stream, but I love watching these guys play Apex Legends. You guys should too. And then um, I am on Twitter at Liz the Noob. Noob is E W. And uh, yeah, tweet us. Tell us who you agree with on um, the episodes this week. It's not going to be as fun because we all agree. But yeah, we're pretty active on Twitter. Yeah, tell us how much you guys like this game because. I mean, tell us what you don't like about it, because yeah, I think this game's a real gem. And tell them, too, because... Yeah, they're on their Twitter. Yeah, tell, they, they, they like they, to hear the good feedback. right back. <laughs> so, Keith, next week you are picking the game that we're playing. So what do we play next week, Keith? Oh, yeah. We're going to do Vampire. That's with a Y and no E. I don't know why you like said that so long. Because the Y, I don't know. I feel like I'm supposed to enunciate it. <laughs> So vampire All right. with a Y and no E. Vampire with a Y and no E. <laughs> All right, well, this game looks pretty cool. Bye, everyone, I think. All right, have a good week. Bye.